You're listening to the Got Game University podcast. This podcast puts you in the classroom and lets you learn from some of the best hunters and callers in the woods. Hi, this is Taylor and Ryan with Got Game Tech. Got Game Tech is a software development company that builds mobile apps that teach hunters how to call and hunt different animals. Well, welcome everyone to the Got Game University podcast. This is the first episode of the Duck Tech series. Uh, Ryan Smith, uh, my colleague at Got Game Tech, is here on the call, and then uh, we've got Barney Califf, uh, our, our expert caller on the Duck Tech mobile app, and three-time world champion duck caller on the line. How you doing, Barney? I'm doing good. Keep in mind, it's self-appointed expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we well, think we you're feel... pretty good, Barney. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate right. it. <laughs> <laughs> so we. We want to jump right into some good uh, duck hunting content. Uh, the season's wound up for about everyone in most places, but I uh, want to reflect back on how your season went, Barney. Can you take us through where you started your season, and, and then maybe we'll ask a few questions as we go along from there? Uh, sure thing. I uh, most normally start my season at my hunting camp on the Nebraska-South Dakota border uh, on the Missouri River. and uh, this year they started the season two weeks later than they normally do. And we got weather two weeks earlier than we normally do. So we missed out on, you know, a couple weeks of, of really good duck hunting. And what's crazy is the Nebraska guys, uh, across the river got into some awesome hunting because of it. So early on was trying at best. Uh, I missed out on some good hunting because I was out in Eastern Maryland judging, uh, world live duck and world this and world that duck calling contest. So, uh, by the time I finally got out, uh, to where I should have been, uh, we shot some ducks, but it, it, uh, was a little bit few and far between. Ultimately we had a couple really good shoots. Uh, and then quite honestly, the weather turned horrid, the water dropped. Uh, we drug everything out of the, out of the marsh, put it up at the house and essentially wrapped up our season there and then went south and south was stellar to say the least awesome awesome so what were the southern states that you were hunting barney uh one of them uh actually two oklahoma okay. and kansas okay my buddies uh in arkansas were complaining and kentucky and tennessee and everybody in that southeast uh mississippi flyway were complaining about the hunting and it was crazy because as bad as they were doing, we were doing stellar over where we were. So Just the other side of the pendulum, huh? Yeah, and I don't know why, quite honestly. I mean, I'm guessing it was the fact that the birds that we're killing in that central flyway are coming down the eastern uh, range of the Rockies, and they're getting more weather up there, pushing those those ducks down. Now, keep in mind, the area that we're hunting in Oklahoma uh, – had considerably less birds than they normally do that time of year, but uh, less birds doesn't mean that it's not still good hunting. The guys in the in the uh, Mississippi Flyway down south uh, were hurting, but even with the less birds that we had, it was still really, really good hunting. So we, we lucked out, quite honestly. Interesting. So do you think that's a function of you just being in the right places, uh, so that you were still able to capitalize on some good duck hunting, or what would you attribute that success to? You know, several factors, quite honestly. Uh, excess pressure in Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, 
uh, southern Missouri, the whole, that little delta area there. A lot of pressure. Ducks turn nocturnal, so the guys don't think they have any ducks when they actually do. Uh-huh. Over where we are, a lot less pressure, even even though I'll admit lately there's more and more pressure each year. Nothing like in the delta. So a uh, combination of less pressure, uh, more of a migration south because of where the central flyway ducks were coming from versus the Mississippi flyway ducks. So, so uh, ducks fly at night. They That's a common thing ducks will do. Yes, once they're pressured, they can turn highly nocturnal. And I've seen it before, even up as far north as Nebraska. Uh, really? We've sat them out and waited and waited and waited all day and finally gave up. And we pulled the boat out of the water and we're driving back to a motel and we're watching thousands of ducks pour into cornfields right at at uh, basically dark where you can just see silhouettes. So when they get pressured... You know, the mallards especially, they're survivors. They're going to do what they they need to do to get something to eat and have some rest. So, so Barney, is that uh, from these ducks just getting shot at, or uh, is it more so when they just see a lot more people on the rivers, they just try avoiding them? Both. Both. I mean, obviously, obviously when they get too close and get shot at, that that's certainly going to, you know, Effect put them up. off. Yeah, and then, you know, keep in mind, a duck, you know, a duck, let's say he gets up out of a rice field roost and he heads somewhere green timber to eat and he gets shot at, you know, and, and then he moves somewhere else and gets shot at. When when they're constantly pressured, they've got to alter their habits to survive. And basically, it, it means they go nocturnal. Wow. Yeah, that's a really cool point. So, Barney, one question that I thought of while you were talking about, you know, some of the other states that, felt like they had kind of a poor waterfowl season. That's consistent with what we've heard with some of the folks that we interact with. But what are what are the reasons that you would attribute it to being uh, maybe a poorer year than usual for duck hunting? Well, uh, to go basically from where I hunt most of the time, it was just because of a lack of consistent cold fronts. We We had – one really good front while I was out in Eastern Maryland uh, judging, and I mm-hmm. missed that one. So that one is is on me. After that, it it never got what I consider good as far as weather. Um, and keep in mind, on the Missouri River, you're relying on birds that are essentially getting froze out in the Dakotas uh, and or snowed out. And we've had tremendous shoots on that Missouri when a, we've got a foot of snow on the ground and the birds are pushing out of Pier and Bismarck and, and hitting that river. Well, we haven't had that, quite honestly, in a long, long time. That in conjunction with the fact that we didn't get any uh, sub-freezing temps. And, you know, when I say sub-freezing, uh, keep in mind, there's some pretty big bodies of water in the Dakotas that mm-hmm. it, takes, it takes more than, you know, 28 degrees to freeze. You need to right, get down it's got to get cold. zero range. Yeah, and... And we really didn't get that until um, we had kind of a conundrum. We we had a little aluminum boat with a blind on it anchored up in a pothole, and it was kind of our our spot, we'll say. And that was going to be our spot throughout the season. And we figured, you know, eventually you'll get enough weather to push ducks in because we had increased flows 
and it wouldn't freeze. Well, all of a sudden they decided to cease navigation and they dropped that flow, dropped that water. And I mean, immediately I had to run up there in the middle of the week and pull that blind out of there. And, uh, we also got 10 and a half inches of snow, uh, that same, basically that night I got there. So I just figured heck with it. It's not worth going back up. Well, ultimately I found out that it was, we could have still shot ducks consistently. So, you know, part of my, yeah, part of my season was bad because of me, but, uh, you know, when you, when you bust your butt and things all of a sudden go haywire and you got to scramble and things just get jacked up, you kind of throw in the towel and trust (laughs) me, it's a lot easier to just point those trucks south and, and go kill them easily than it is to fight that kind of weather. Right. right. And right. protect your bow and your blind and your equipment. You got it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so that, sorry, oh. Ryan, I'll cut in here real quick, but so Barney, the, I guess just to summarize then the, the cold front that you're looking for, just meaning that the ducks, because they're getting snowed or froze out, they don't have feed. They don't have a place where they feel comfortable north. So that's what pushes them down south. Right. Cover up food, freeze up water, they're gone. Yep. I don't yep. care what anybody says. You can talk global warming, you can talk climate change, anything. You cover up the food and you freeze the water and your ducks will leave. Right. Right. Yeah. They're they'll leave to find food. Cool. And and water, absolutely. Cool. So so Barney, as we're talking about weather, uh you know, weather plays a big part in duck hunting and you know, the behavior of ducks. Uh what do you find is the best or perfect weather scenario when you're duck hunting? Uh, you know, is it a warm day? Do you like cool days? Do you like it being frigid cold? What's kind of your uh, ideal hunting day weather-wise? It depends what the situation is with the ducks. Let's just assume that we had a large influx of birds because of a major cold front. Um, after that, I want a southwest wind at 15 miles an hour and bright sunshine. And the reasons I say that is because mallards work way better on bright, sunshiny days. The southwest wind puts the wind over my left shoulder the way I set up, mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about positioning for the sun. So you just basically go out and set up facing north and put the smack on them. Mm-hmm. So the sun's not in your eyes, and does that allow your calls just to further, or I mean, just to go out further so the ducks can hear it better too? No, and um, all that's reliant on is wind direction. If you've got a good, say, a 20 or 25-mile-an-hour wind, um, if ducks are downwind of you, certainly they're going to hear your calls better. But all I'm talking about is a 15-mile-an-hour wind is what I call a good setup wind. It it keeps them honest. They'll get set up right and come into the decoys. Whereas, you know, if you're dealing with these little three to five mile an hour winds, sometimes they'll come in backwards or over top. You know, you, you can't uh, steer them, we'll say. It's not like mm-hmm. a plane coming So uh, lighter southwest winds if you've got the ducks there. Now, let's say you're south and you're wanting a migration. Yeah, give me a big, strong northwest wind. Again, sunny days. If mm-hmm. if I've got a cloudy day and I wake up, I'll be dead honest, quite honestly, I want to say heck with it and go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does, that, does that cloudiness uh, impact the, a mallard's behavior in your experience, Barney? Absolutely. Guys? Absolutely. They do not work the decoys as 
the word would be re- uh, recklessly. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when it's bright and sunny and you got fresh ducks and you're hitting them right with the call, I mean, they'll lock up and just come ripping in there. And on the cloudy days, they, they just have that uh, uneasiness, we'll say. They'll, they might lock up and start sailing in, and all of a sudden the wind kips start in. And, and uh, I don't know if it's a, a UV issue or if it's a matter of, you know, in a blind boat or any kind of blind, when it's bright and sunny, you know, you're down in that blind, and it's black in there. They can't see you. Right, you got shadows, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, I think they can pick you out better. So it's just it's tougher hunt. Now, that said, I have absolutely whacked mallards on cloudy days, especially on on big migration fronts. But, again, you know, 99% of the time, sunny days and a light southerly wind. So you're constantly checking the weather. <laughs> oh, dude. You know, here's what's crazy. What did they used to call me? They used to call me my buddy's barometric barn because <laughs> we're going to remember old, that. <laughs> yeah. In this old hunting camp we had, I would sleep on the couch out in the great room and I'd have the weather channel on when I went to sleep. And, and those guys swore that that stuff got drilled into my head during the night. <laughs> so, well, good. That's good to know. Uh, you know, here where where we live in uh, Idaho, it kind of freezes up, and everything, uh, all the water gets freezed up, frozen, and all the feed is gone. And uh, we definitely see you know movement of ducks, and uh, they head south here. And so, what you're saying makes sense to us, uh, I guess, inexperienced duck hunters. <laughs> so, well, it, I don't. It's you know, keep in mind. When I do seminars, I'll tell folks, you know, I try to encourage them to ask questions during the seminar, which they almost never do. But I stress to them that we're just a bunch of duck hunters trying to share information to help one another kill more ducks. Right. And and I tell them, and this is dead honest, every day I go out, I pay attention to detail, and I always learn something every single day. And if a guy takes that attitude, a guy or a gal, they will get enough back in the memory that there'll be some old tricks that'll come out from paying attention to detail. And uh, a lot of folks, yeah, just go out and throw out some decoys and figure, well, we'll just shoot ducks. They don't pay attention to wind or sun or, or, uh, or anything like that. And it's a huge mistake. Uh, I detail my setup with the wind, the sun, the decoys, the pocket of the decoys to do what I call uh, – Oh, what do we call it? Positioning birds for a shot is the best way I can explain it. Right. You know, keep in mind, a lot of times I've got a TV camera on my shoulder and the cameraman's going, where are we going to kill him? Where are we going to kill him? You know, and so because of my fine-tuned setup, I'll say right here. And it might be within a 20-yard a setup right out in front of the blind. And it makes a world of difference on the quality of footage that you get and the ability to really harvest ducks adequately because if you do it right you got them at 20 yards and you've got them in this little spot here and you got you know six eight guns uh man you're gonna walk some wax ducks there's no doubt right but, right that attention to detail is so important i think you bring up a bring up a good point barney about the focus your focus in giving seminars is just to help people find more success killing ducks and that's that's 
I feel like uh, one of the main reasons that we were able to work with you on the DuckTech mobile app that we've developed together was the concept that that's kind of the same thing we want to do with these apps is to teach people how to find more success hunting and better understand how to call to the animal that they're trying to hunt. And, and such is the case with the DuckTech app. We've sure had fun working with you and developing that. Uh, one thing I thought might be fun to highlight for the listeners is a couple of the some of the calling tricks of the trade that you've developed over time through your experience and maybe uh, maybe talk to us a little bit about those. The app itself breaks down different duck sounds, mallard sounds, teaches folks what they mean, when to use them, allows a caller to record himself calling into the app, play it back, compare it to, to Barney making the sound, has a lot of cool how-to videos and, and that kind of thing. But Barney, do you have a couple of... Uh, tricks of the trade for uh someone that's trying to learn how to call ducks that you could share on the podcast um absolutely now keep in mind i don't have a call but i'm going to explain um a couple things that i think are paramount to learning this and to me learning it easily mm-hmm. um you know years ago i was at uh, the oshkosh du festival in uh, oshkosh wisconsin and mm-hmm. I had some guys come up and, and buy calls, and several of them said, well, i got duck season starting in two weeks, and I need to learn how to blow this call. You know? <laughs> and I'm kind of shaking my head going, okay, man. Oh, boy. But what it did is it got me thinking about, okay, what can I do to help these guys and help them quickly? I mean, two weeks is a, you know, a, a tough call. But what I came up with is some shortcuts, and I have shortcuts in the app and my DVD, everything. I'm I'm kind of a shortcut guy. And what I've come up with is if you can teach somebody to quack, which to me is the basic sound on a mallard call, and what I'll tell folks, and it's in the app obviously, is uh, learn to hum the word voot, V-O-O-T. The V and the O-O, the V adds some resonance. The O-O positions your throat more openly. The T stops a note. Start with your hand closed and hum voot. And I can get most people, and I'm saying most, well over 90% quacking in a couple minutes. And I'll just tell them, go home and practice that quack. And then when you've got the quack down pat, you turn the quack into a five-note greeting, which is the rudimentary call to kill ducks. And it's basically, it's it's Mama Mallard Mm -hmm. saying, saying, get in here or get back here. Uh, mm-hmm. so they learn how to quack. They turn that quack into a greeting. Boom. All of a sudden you got a pretty good little duck caller with just a little bit of shortcut instruction. We'll say that's, right. that's absolutely the best advice I could give anybody that's wanting to pick up duck calling. Don't worry about, you know, feed calls and some of that stuff. Uh, I'll be dead honest in my 40 plus years of waterfowling, I have never looked out and saw ducks flying by at a hundred yards and went had a break. But I cannot tell you how many times I've seen them flying by and I pick up the call and I go back, 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 and they just break necks and in they come. Right. So right. the the emphasis on that uh, that uh, greeting call that's in the app is paramount to, to killing ducks. If if I was going to tell somebody one thing to take out in the field, it's learn to blow a five or six note hen greeting and to be able to pick it up and smack it at will. 
mm-hmm. confidently, and you you will not believe the success you'll have as a duck caller. And what's really cool about it is you do that, and boom, you hit a flock of ducks. They come in, you shoot them, and you realize, man, I just did that. And <laughs> the, the confidence starts build. And once that confidence builds, you blow the call uh, differently, not necessarily mechanically, but mentally. And I cannot stress how much confidence in duck calling is the mental aspect of it. Right. Right. I don't mean to sound like a physiologist, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> a duck hunting psychologist here. Huh? <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I've seen with it you, a bunch. With you talking about, uh, you know, uh, new hunters trying to learn how to call and not having a lot of time, what would be your advice to new hunters? I mean, you talked about get a call in your hand and learn the quack, but what's a few more tips to new hunters? You know, if a new hunter just wants, you know, just a little short guide of what they need to do so they can kill ducks in a couple weeks, what would be your tips to them? Um, quite honestly, just just what I said. Take Learn to quack and learn it where you can blow it at will and turn the quack into the greeting at will and then practice that greeting to where you're confident enough that you can pick up the call and not have to search for your greeting. You pick it up and go bang, 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 bang without having to go ha, 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 and make a mistake and ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Um, so get confident enough with your ability that you can blow the call right the first time because quite honestly a lot of times with mallards if you hit them the very first time and it's right it's a done deal but not necessarily if you if you blow it wrong and you make a mistake now you've got to compensate and try to potentially get them back in so um you know the the practice needs to be done before you're out in the marsh so i mean calling's ultimately the most important thing when it comes to duck hunting you know just understanding the calls and uh being confident with it if uh is what you're saying yeah nothing I mean, else really matters quite as much as just the calling oh, aspect oh, absolutely not. i mean you know we've talked weather comes into play right. decoy spreads come into play but what when i'm talking about confidence it's kind of a, a double-edged sword i want guys or gals to get confident with their abilities to blow a five or six note hen greeting at will. And then what that does is allows them to pick up the call when they see ducks that are callable and hit them the right way. The second confidence that we'll talk about is the confidence of, of having some results show. Uh, Mm -hmm. There is nothing more fun than seeing a young caller that's inexperienced, pick up a call and go and crank a flock of ducks and bring them into the decoys. They, their fates lights up. And they know they did it because, you know, when I do a seminar, I'll talk a lot of times about the fact that, you know, guys will say, well, I've been hunting a long time and I've been calling a long time, but I don't know if I've ever actually called any ducks in because they've been coming my way. Wow. And eventually, eventually what will happen is somebody will be sitting there with their buddies in the blind and they're eating breakfast or drinking coffee and BS and whatever, and they'll hear a flock of mallards flying overhead going dead away. And they pick up that call and they hit it. And those ducks turn, and right into the decoys they go, and everybody shoots, and, and all the buddies are all high-fiving. Oh, man, that was so cool. That was so cool. But the guy or gal that blew the call that caused it, he may be having fun too, but he's going, hey, I know I just did that because they weren't coming my way. 
And right. what's neat about it is that's where you start developing the confidence to not only be able to blow the duck call well, but to be able to, to communicate to the ducks to, to get in here. It's what I liken it to is when I first started um, getting proficient on a call, I would go out hunting and I would hope to call ducks in. Once I got that hen greeting mastered, I went out hunting to kill ducks. I mean, right. I knew I would actually be able to call ducks. And, right. you know, as a duck hunter, that's the greatest feeling in the world, man. It is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know when I've gone hunting, you know, the first times that I've uh, gone with gone hunting with calls, whether it's a duck call or an elk read, uh, I'm I'm usually very hesitant to blow it and uh, – kind of nervous and it and it shows in my calls uh by doing it and so having that success uh i've seen it in my own calling really uh having that success and building that uh confidence i've seen that in myself when i've uh called ducks or elk or different animals and uh yep. you're definitely right on that i definitely have felt that way before and uh that lack of confidence going out there, I've made lots of mistakes just because I wasn't confident in what I've practiced and what I've sent, what I've, uh, the sounds I've made before, you know? Sure. Absolutely. So. You know, I've, I went through it myself. I've had buddies that I've seen go through it, you know, and certainly lots and lots of customers that have, you know, come up to the booth at any kind of a show and they want to talk about calls and calling and, and situations. And it's inevitable if, if they don't have the ability, number one, to blow the call confidently, and, and again, this is different from um, calling confidently. Um, mm-hmm. if, if they know they can bark out a five or six note hand greeting, that's one thing. But then, like I said earlier, the next step is to bark it out confidently and have the results, have the ducks come in. Now right. you're building experience at, you know, for lack of a better term, killing ducks. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And once once that all starts clicking, man, you've you've got a good duck hunter that's just had a little bit of success. Oh, that's great, and it'll keep them coming back. You know, I, I don't want to sound like you know, a, a greedy businessman, but one thing I learned early on is if you help folks kill more ducks, you got a customer for life. And uh, not only do I like helping individuals get better at their calling. Uh, because I like to instruct, but I know if I tell this dude this and this and this and, and he and his girlfriend go out or his wife go out and they whack a bunch of ducks, he's coming back to the booth next year and he's buying, he's buying another duck haul. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, no, that's it, great. Quite honestly, it's it's more fun to me to pass on the knowledge of how to blow a duck call and when to blow a duck call and make it mean more than it is to, you know, pedal duck calls. It's, it is really cool to have somebody come to the booth and try something out, and I give them a little bit of instruction, and next thing you know, they're utilizing that instruction, and they're sounding pretty good. I get a big kick out of that, quite honestly. Oh, that's fantastic. So one related question that's come to my mind, Barney, while we're talking is, um, in addition to being able to call the ducks uh, to successfully locate them and kind of figure out where you're going to hunt them, now that it's the off-season, do you have some pointers for duck hunters about how they can prepare for the upcoming season and better better locate ducks, have better luck hunting in the right places? Um, this time of year is, is hard because of the reverse migration. You know, they're heading north. They're thinking about making baby ducks and mm-hmm. whatnot. So that 
the location, the potential scouting and things like that don't do you a whole lot of good. Because uh, they're going to be somewhere else by, when it's hunting season, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely a different situation. Um, but, you know, for the upcoming season, obviously the more the guys can go out and scout the areas. And, and keep in mind, you know, it's a migration. You're going to start early with early ducks. And then as it kicks in harder, you get your mallards and whatnot coming down. So you've you've got to be flexible. You got to be mobile. Um, you know what I love to do. Obviously, with that big blind boat that I've got, is we hunt traffic up on the Missouri River, and we don't scout a particular spot. We know in the right weather conditions, the birds will be there. And mm-hmm. so what we do is set up between a feed and the roost area, and intercept them. And that is my absolute favorite way to hunt hunt ducks. Now, when I go south, uh, it's more of a uh, scout situation. You're looking for the X, whether it be water or field. So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of dependent on what your, your hunting situation is. By and large, if you're not running traffic, you need to be on the X. And I don't mean uh, close to the X. I mean, if you're going to set up in a spot where there's been 10,000 mallards feeding in a field, there better be a whole bunch of duck poop on that spot you're going to set up on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so there is, uh, so you do like to scout uh, for ducks in, before the season starts, and there's a process you do, uh, of, I mean, there's a process of scouting them. It, again, with the migration, it's tough to say, to scout. I mean, again, right. up, up where we're hunting on the Missouri River, uh, really, you don't have to scout because their birds will get there and they will come from the lake and fly up river and feed on either side of the river and then fly back down to the lake. So what you're doing is trafficking birds. You're intercepting them, returning to roost. Um, way, way different situation. Running traffic is one thing. Hunting the X is another. And when I go south, um, 90% of the time you're hunting an X and you literally find the spot that the birds are either going to roost or rest or going to feed. And again, I can't stress enough where, uh, ducks, geese combined. If you're going to hunt the X in a field, you need to be setting your blinds up on bird poop <laughs> instead of close by. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's gotta be right on top sense. of it. Oh yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So you're just taking out equations, uh, you know, I try to get it where any of the variables that can mess me up don't get played in. I want to make sure that we've got it as dialed in as possible. And it just makes for a lot better hunt. Right. Well, when you're, when you're filming TV shows, it better be good. <laughs> you want, you want to make hunting turn into a job, put a TV camera on your shoulder. Oh my God. <laughs> it's fun. I, I, that's one of the things that I like. I like being able to call mallards. One of my claim to fame is I want to make mallards do things contrary to their best interests. And (laughs) on top of that, I love to put together a good hunt on TV that is just bad to the bone as far as ducks decoying, sun right, wind right, and everything working. It, It just makes for awesome TV. And, you know, it doesn't always work out, but when it does, there's nothing better, quite honestly. How often? I mean, is the TV, the camera crew with you half the time you're hunting? How often are they out there with you, Barney? This year was quite a bit. Uh, I think I ended up with five shows, five or six out of 13 episodes. So um, 
this year was uh, was good, and they were with me more, basically because they were hurting for footage, and uh, the producer called in a favor right at the end of the season. We had two days left, and he goes, man, what can we do? And we went back down to Oklahoma, and, and quite honestly, we whacked them Saturday and Sunday. The last two days of the season, we shot 50 mallards each day. And, oh, no. yeah, just got stellar TV. So, you know, everything everything gelled and came in right. Once we gave up on the Missouri River and went south, it was trigger time, we'll say. <laughs> right. It was awesome. Right. So, yeah. so Barney, where can uh, the podcast listeners find your TV shows? Where's your TV show? What platform is it on? The TV is called Drake's Migration Nation. It is on the Pursuit channel. Uh, the only uh, time that I, I know is 7 p.m. Central Time, again, on Pursuit. There's two other times that, you know, the guys can DVR, but uh, 7 p.m. Central on Pursuit channel. Okay. And we, we don't start airing uh 2019 episodes until early july we're still airing last year's stuff so right uh, that be- makes sense i gotta have time to get it yeah. all fine-tuned and polished matter of fact the editors are working on shows right now and he just emailed me today about coming down i always fly down and uh you know we've got the shows put together or working on them and then i'll i'll go down and introduce each episode and get out of each episode uh, so he wants me down there in the next three weeks to get that all done. So cool. whenever they have down there, then I know that we're getting close on having some episodes ready to air. Nice. Right. That's great. Yeah. Well, we'll have to watch for those. And the TV's fun, but again, if you want to turn hunting into a job, put a TV camera on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> it forces you to perform in the moment. That's a lot of pressure, but it does. Well, it does absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've sure enjoyed getting to chat with you tonight, Barney. We'll, uh, We'll make sure that we uh, keep the Duck Tech series going, and, and especially as waterfowl season approaches towards the tail end of this year, we'll do a few more episodes and keep folks tuned in on some additional insight from you. But yeah, we, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and Duck really Hunters, if you, if you have some questions for Barney, uh, uh, contact us on Instagram and let us know some of those questions you have, and we can, we can go over those on our next podcasts with them and cover some of those questions. So keep in mind, keep in mind too, when we put this app together, I'm paying particular attention to shortcuts to help people learn it quicker than normal. So this is some valuable, valuable information from a guy that knows how to teach duck callers. So uh, yep. don't, don't take this lightly. No, yeah, thank go, you. Go get the app. That's right. The duck tech apps <laughs> on the app store and on the play store and just a four ninety nine one time purchase, a great resource for duck hunters. So, well, thanks, Barney, and uh, always good to chat with you. We'll look forward to connecting with you again soon. Okay, guys, thanks. Thanks.